Hidden under all those lies Cause everybody has nobility And if you look beyond what your eyes can see You'll see they're just like you and me And now we're giving you the remedy Welcome to the Remedy Podcast This podcast is a project of Web Squared A North Carolina nonprofit That works to increase wealth for black businesses Through connection, network, and opportunity Our host is Stephanie Terry the Executive Director of Web Squared, and our co-hosts are Associate Director Rennie Orr and myself, Mashala Salam. I am the Media and Production Specialist. In this podcast, we hope to bring consciousness to the racial divide and speak on emerging new narratives about race. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you will enjoy the podcast. All right, well, another Tuesday. It's Podcast Tuesday, Stephanie. It's Podcast Tuesday. It feels like forever since we did the last podcast. I know. It was just a week ago. Really? Yeah. Why does a week feel like three months? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's my life. Well, uh, you did some traveling. That's right. My son, my baby, is in Cleveland, Ohio in school. Oh, my gosh. Can you believe it? Starting his freshman year, huh? Starting his freshman year. I forgot. I had the number in my head and then I forgot, but it's like 30-something years I've been raising children. Wow. Uh, Ain't that something? Yeah. I can't even believe it. Do I look like it, y'all? No. No. Not at all. You're lying. You're lying. (laughs) (laughs) You're being nice. (laughs) How does it feel to have an empty nest now? It feels... It feels empty. <laughs> but look, shout out to my wonderful husband. You know, I was in my son's room and um, I was like looking at all his stuff on the walls and his empty bed. And I started immediately thinking how I can turn it into a guest bedroom. <laughs> so it's all those feelings. It's like, you know, excited for him. And then like, wow, now I have like, you know, all this time. So, and time is the one thing in life we cannot make more of. That's true. We can make money, but we can't make time. Exactly. (laughs) So um, anyway, it's just got me really, really um, reflecting on just, uh, you know, what I'm going to be doing with my time. I guess I'm going to be doing more podcasts. I'm here with you. I can't wait to do more podcasts. So what about you, Rennie and Mashala? What what y'all have going on? Um, well, nothing too exciting or like different from just regular life. What does that mean? <laughs> that means y'all, she ain't trying to tell y'all her business. You got, you're going to have to dish something. We need some tea, something. <laughs> oh man, I didn't really think of any tea to spill though. <laughs> next week. We'll get you next week. Yeah. Randy, what about you? Um, just um, been studying and researching a lot of stuff for the job, yeah. racial wealth gap information, um, you know, how to go into businesses and present ourselves to them. So that's what I'm doing a lot of. Yeah. Speaking of which, we went to the Levitate office in um, 
Raleigh last Woo-hoo! week. Woohoo! Shout out, big shout out to Levitate. First off, I had no idea Levitate was such a big company. I know, right? They have over 130 employees. Like for wow. real. Yeah. Right? It's like we I didn't know. Just just is kicking butt. I know. <laughs> <laughs> The thing that surprised me, though, maybe I shouldn't be surprised, is how young everybody looked. Yeah. I mean, now we're middle-aged women going into this company that has, like, 20-year-olds like right. all over the place. Right. And I felt my age. Masha probably felt right at home since she's a like, millennial. But It's funny because some of them even looked younger to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are they still in college? And, you know, corporate offices in the 80s, like, wow, the 80s. Yeah. But it was like everyone was in suit and ties and women had on, you know, pumps. They call them pumps. Yeah. Pumps and skirts and, and stockings. And now it's like jeans and sneakers and, you know, casual Friday is every day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and what did you see all the snacks? They yeah. Had and the beanbag chairs. That what we've seen on TV about Google. I felt right. like I was walking into Google because they had people who were sleeping in their right. Should I not mention the alcohol in the fridge? <laughs> but you know what? They they're getting it done. It's a great app. We use it to um, communicate with all of our clients and community that we're yeah. building. So we're excited um, to yeah. be partnering with them. Yeah, we are so powered. I use their app like every day to be in touch with our um, people. Um, so. Levitate, y'all. They're, Check it out. They're partnering with us. They have a good social justice program that they're trying to develop, and we're really excited about the yeah. partnership. Yep. I think it's levitate.ai.com. That's right. It. So our topic for today, um, we're going to be talking about resilience. I didn't, I didn't introduce that the way I wanted to, but hey, that's what we're talking about, resilience. And why are we talking about resilience, Rennie? We're talking about resilience because at our work here at Web Squared, we know that even with, you know, starting a, a nonprofit, that we know that if you're going to start a business and it's a new endeavor for you, you have to have resilience. Um, you yeah. have to have resilience for when things go wrong and, you know, when the world is crazy with like, a worldwide pandemic and social upheaval and stuff, you just have to get up every morning and have resilience. And that's what we have to have starting the nonprofit. And that's what we have to give our web squared entrepreneurs a sense of a sense that they can get up every morning and take one step in front of the other and do what they need to do to keep going so that their business is successful. Yeah. And that's, we'll go into that, whether you can give resilience or teach resilience, or is that's just something that's like mm -hmm. innate. What does resilience mean to you, Marshall? Well, resilience to me means just like having faith to overcome whatever you're going through and to keep going when things seem difficult. Yeah. Especially when we start talking about race and resilience, right? And, um, this is actually, we picked this this topic because Rennie and I were talking about race and resilience. And, you know, it's a it's a word that has like a connotation of like, you know, oh, look how strong, you know, you get these narratives about 
strong black women and, you know, being a strong black family in the face of racism and, you know, just how resilient our black people have been in the face of racism um, or in the face of hardships or in the face of economic, you know, not just black people, just like through hard times. And I was like, you know what? I have like my own kind of non-defined meaning of resilience based on like feelings and emotions. But I said, let me actually look up what the word means. And um, it says here, the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties or toughness. And it's like, okay, from that perspective, how resilient are we really? Because just because you get through something, that doesn't mean you recover from that experience. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like we can get through a, a, a lot of, I was about to curse. I'm not, we gonna, we not gonna curse. I was gonna say, we can get through a lot of S-H-I-T. <laughs> That's alphabet cursing. <laughs> but um, that doesn't mean you actually recover, you know, from it. It just means that you were able to get through it. What do y'all think about that? Well, I think that there's some truth to that because we have in our culture where I know so many people who struggle with post-traumatic stress and syndrome mm -hmm. and they have gone through it. They did survive it. They still get up every morning. They put one foot in front of the other, but they can be triggered so quickly mm -hmm. because of the experience they went through that they haven't. I think, I think that this is um, tied into that notion of traumatic stress mm -hmm. and you know it's 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 ingrained in so many people so deeply that you know every day is a struggle mm -hmm. yeah. e even though they are still getting up every morning they they have that struggle yeah in terms of my own experience well just going through certain things and then watching how it affects the way that I interact now and also looking at friends and their experiences and how it affects the way that they interact with people or see things. And it's like, although you might get through a difficult situation or time, I feel like it does still have long lasting effects. Mm -hmm. And we tend to think, oh, because you went through it and you're still here, you're stronger. But sometimes it doesn't always make you stronger. Sometimes you have to just take some time to really reflect on how it has changed you or affected you. And then that starts another process of healing. Absolutely. You know, I was talking about taking my son off to school and really, you know, when I came home and I was just kind of sitting there, just kind of, I don't know, numb. But then I was like really weepy. I've been weepy all week. And I've been remembering just like the journey of what it was like to, you know, be married and divorced and then a single parent and just like all the, all the things that I had to go through to be a mom and get my children up and, um, and which were, you know, some were traumatic, you know, some things were just psychologically tough, um, physically straining. And while I got through it, you know, yeah, it changed me, you know? And um, so this resiliency, then I think about like some of the things, you know, oh my God, I'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole just yet. But I will say this, 
is the other issue that I have with resiliency is especially when you're talking about resiliency and racism mm -hmm. is is that you know how dysfunctional is it to continue to tell black people people of color that you know teach them how to be resilient and we do nothing about the uh issues that are, are making them have to be resilient you know what i mean mm -hmm. that would be like if you were counseling a woman or somebody that was in an abusive relationship like teach them how to be in that relationship mm. <laughs> how to stay in it how to you know deal with the challenges and never address the 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 person doing the abusing or the environment do you see what i'm saying mm -hmm. and i think that 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 gets missed a lot when we talk about resiliency and, and racism i just have a lot of thoughts swarming in my head well, so i'm trying to share that was a really good point about relating it to someone who's in an abusive relationship and if you were to say oh let me just teach you how to deal with it and be in that relationship which actually happens a lot i feel like that is our relationship with society and living in this world really because it happens everywhere there's injustice everywhere and we're constantly told to just toughen up. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like that is damaging because you're not really looking at the real causes or how to change the system. You're just really putting the blame on yourself for not being tougher mm -hmm. or strong enough to handle a situation. So you just turn a blind eye to the people who are actually causing whatever you're going through and saying, maybe I need to change. And I feel like that's not healthy. <laughs> and could that be, I mean, we've talked a little bit about the deliberate nature of these systemic problems that that's part of the deliberateness mm -hmm. of creating structures that keep people from actually looking at the structure itself because they're so busy just trying to survive and stepping out of their bed every day and raising to the challenge of just living that they don't have the energy or the wherewithal to actually question the structure that's causing the situation. Yeah. And yeah, they don't have the energy or they defer the energy. Mm -hmm. Right. I have many postulates, which are unconfirmed theories about why don't we question the, the, the structures and systems that are creating the conditions and environments that people have to be resilient through? But you know, behind the powerful structures and systems are people. But anyway, I was gonna finish my thought. So I don't want, in this talk about um, resilience and um, you know the, the conditions that people have to become resilient to, and how we often want to teach resilience, especially to black people, people of color, instead of putting energy on uh, dismantling the structures and systems and policies that are causing these harmful and abusive environments that people live in. While I want to lift that up, at the same time, I also want to lift up that people, we also have the power. Mm -hmm right, to, in spite of our environment, change conditions and be resilient with, with a whole nother framework, 
right? Coming from a place of deep conviction and belief systems and faith and acting on that faith to then create the experiences that we want to have. And a great example of that is a powerful, revolutionary, resilient Black woman entrepreneur named Clara Brown. And Mashallah, can you share a little bit more about Clara Brown? Yes. Clara Brown was born in Virginia around 1800. She was enslaved and actually married at 18 and had four children. But around age 35, the plantation owner died and her family was torn apart and sold to different slave owners. She was taken to Kentucky, but at the age of 56, she was freed and told to leave, so she traveled to Denver, Colorado. She ended up living in a town called Central City, Colorado, where she did various jobs such as cooking. She even established a successful laundry business during the Colorado Gold Rush, and she was also a midwife, but her work didn't stop there. She actually used the money she made to invest in property and mines in neighboring towns. She was said to own building lots in Denver, houses in Central City, and mines in Boulder, Georgetown, and Idaho Springs. She even was a founding member of a Sunday school where people could go to her home for prayer and community support. And she also funded the construction of St. James Methodist Church. She was a true humanitarian as well as businesswoman. And after the Civil War around 1866, she had accumulated $10,000 and used her investment money to travel to Kentucky in search of her daughter, Eliza, who was actually one of the two children still living at the time and also the only child that she had the possibility of tracking. And sadly, she was unable to find her daughter at that time, but paid for several Black families to move to Colorado for new opportunities and jobs. And amazingly, in 1882, she was finally reunited with her daughter, Eliza, and her granddaughter, and the cheerful reunion was even documented in the paper. Eliza actually passed away peacefully in her sleep October 26 in 1885 and she was inducted into the Colorado Women's Hall of Fame in 1989 and even had an opera written about her. I really enjoyed looking up the details of the story. There are so many articles about her on the internet. I highly recommend that people like go out and do some, look her up. She's got a beautiful picture on the, you know, the internet and she's just a fantastic, fabulous woman too. Yeah. To research and to learn more about. Yeah. And I just think about how many more stories, you yeah. know, of, of just really resilient human beings, black Americans, uh, you know, in particular, this podcast is about race and um, and new narratives. So yeah, just how many more um, s- stories about just the lives of uh, ordinary people doing incredibly extraordinary things from a sense of 
power and resilience. Okay, so there's a spider. Yeah. <laughs> I was freaking out. I was like, uh. Climbing right in front of Rennie, and Rennie's not going to kill it because why, Rennie? Because we are all about creating ecosystems of connection, and we use the spider web as um, part of our identity as a nonprofit. And I'm just fascinated with the idea that I'm watching a spider climb up its like little silky thread. And while we're doing this work of building connections, that's the white version. So the black. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Rainy. Well, it's, okay. it's over you, so it's your space. Okay. So you, right. <laughs> you, you. It looks like it can swing any way, but okay. It looks like it'll bite me, and I'll get itchy. Yeah. It's not a. It's not a biting spider. It's moving upward. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's great. Yeah. So look it up, Clara Brown. Clara yeah. Brown. Look her up. Check her out. Um, and, and feel free to chime in on our our social media and let us know what you believe is um, what you think about resilience and these themes. We would love to get your opinion for, um, on, you know, this topic. Yeah. We, um, we've got a Facebook page now. Thank y'all. We got 87 likes. Oh no, it's way over a hundred now. It's way over a hundred. Yeah. Okay, good. So what we'll do is we'll put some links up for Clara Brown today. Right. Also, stay tuned for our next podcast. We're going to keep on this topic of resiliency. So today we did resiliency past and our next podcast, we're going to lift up a resilient entrepreneur present and then we'll do um, one of our web squared entrepreneurs for uh, resilient entrepreneurs future. If you enjoy the podcast and you would like to have early access to the episodes or you want to support us to get a shout out um, for you or your business on the podcast or you're interested in receiving bonus episodes or joining us in the conversation as we like build out these conversations then join us on patreon become a patreon subscriber we will post links on how to do that on our facebook and social media pages yes 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 So as usual, we're going to end by saying this. The revolution begins with dialogue, y'all. We got to talk. We got to talk to one another. Be in conversation with us. Let us know what you think. All right. Have a fantastic Tuesday and we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. This has been a joint podcast of Web Squared and Afrofuture Productions. For those of you interested in learning more about our work at Web Squared, you can find out more at websquared.org. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This is our conscious conversation. We hope you'll subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. Join the Remedy Membership Forum on Patreon to join us monthly for our members-only discussion. That's it for today. Until next week, thanks for listening. What's underneath the situation you don't realize So let's examine with a critical eye Put on your glasses and let it magnify The truth that lies hidden under all those lies Cause everybody has nobility
be And if you look beyond what your eyes can see You'll see they're just like you and me And now we're giving you the remedy Thank you. 